Ah, love. Love is such a motivating factor in so many good and bad decisions that we make. And since this wonderful episode of my podcast drops before, the day before Valentine's Day, I decided that this episode we should talk about love and why why we love the things we love, especially as teachers. And one thing I love, if you ask my students, is telling stories. Um, I love teaching, but telling stories is always going to be a very strong suit for me. As a former journalist, I told stories professionally, and now as a teacher, I'm sad to say that um, some of my former students, when I ask them what they've learned in my class, the thing they tell me is they always remember the stories. Now, luckily for me, my stories line up with what we're actually learning, so maybe I'm sneaking some bonus knowledge in there. So today on the Non-Traditional Teachers Podcast, we're going to take a moment and I'm going to talk, tell you some great stories about what I love and how it helped me to become a teacher, a coach, and the person that I am today. All that and more on the Non-Traditional Teachers Podcast. My name is Dustin Watson. Welcome to this edition of the Non-Traditional Teachers Podcast. Glad you are listening. And if you didn't catch it from the cold open, today's episode is all about the things I love as a teacher and loved as a student and the way that those things help fuel a passion in me. Because as teachers, we are fueled by passion. Passion for helping kids, passion for winning games as coaches, passion for problem solving. It's just what we are into. And when I was in school, I loved a lot of things. But my my biggest love in school was the freedom I had, relatively speaking, as an upperclassman, as a junior and a senior, um, especially in the classes of Mr. Jim Hart. Uh, Mr. Hart, about six foot two, six foot three, and he had an odd voice. One day, my friend Matt, uh, one of his many trips to the office during senior year was because he impersonated Mr. Hart while pretending to be Yoda. Um, Mr. Hart did not speak in reversed phrasing as the Jedi Master did, but his voice was close enough that it was very entertaining. Um, Mr. Hart was my English teacher and my journalism teacher in high school, and in my senior year, he made me the editor of the high school paper. Initially, this was because I was the only one coming back, but he later confirmed that I would have been the one he'd have chosen anyway. And because of that, I had him for journalism, I had him for English, and then I had him as a TA, which meant basically I got to hang out in his room. His room was segmented, so you had the front part of the classroom, and then there was basically an office space in the back that led to the old dark room that was used when journalism and yearbook had to develop photos the hard way. And 
therefore he had that little separate area and I could shut the door and I had free reign of the computer to do the work I needed to do either in class or for journalism. And if I was done, he didn't mind if I surfed the web and read up on what was going to be happening in the pro wrestling world because he knew he could trust me. So essentially my senior year, I spent half the day in Mr. Hart's room every day and it was great. The other thing Mr. Hart did was my junior year, we did live morning announcements every day. Um, And he had me work the camera because I was a journalism student and I was very capable since I ran the video for the basketball team. He knew I could handle running video for the show. And this He also taught me how to handle the technical side of running the show. We had this little box and you had to hold the two buttons a certain amount of time and get it to get it to sync up to all the TVs in the school and then sync to the camera and then you were live and you could go. And he let me run the technical side and he never understood it, I don't think, but the trust he gave me built such confidence in me because I was able to even though I was the stinky kid and and didn't really feel I ever fit in, him trusting me and giving me some important jobs to do made me feel great. And, you know, this, pos- this really fostered some positive traits, which I still carry to adulthood. I learned a better work ethic by not wanting to let Mr. Hart down. I learned that if you just get your work done, it's okay to have a little free time. Enjoy yourself. I learned that I could be both on camera and behind the scenes, and it was okay because I've performed in front of, in some way, shape, or form in front of crowds since I was three years old. Um, and it can be hard as a performer sometimes to lay out which is an old, which is a pro wrestling term for like if you're having a multi-man match and if it's a fatal, if it's a three-way and you knock me down and I roll over to the side, just lay there. Don't move. Don't draw any attention to yourself. Let the other two people have the show for a while. It's called laying out. And it taught me I could lay out and let someone else take the lead. Um, I can't call Mr. Hart anything other than Mr. Hart. I've never been able to call him Jim, no matter how many times he's told me I can and encouraged me to. And it's just because of how much respect I have for Mr. Hart. Um, I don't think I would want to teach English if it wasn't for Jim Hart. And I hope that I end up with the legacy that he has because Mr. Hart was inducted into the Brookfield High School Hall of Fame and he should have been. He made such a difference in so many people's lives and mine's one of them so if you're ever hearing this Mr. Hart thank you I said in the last segment at the age of three my great-grandfather took it upon himself probably with a little encouragement from my grandma to put me in front of a crowd at a state campers convention and from the stories I have been told repeatedly by multiple different family members he had me sing the national anthem now you've got to imagine skinny short little 
blonde haired Dustin in a diaper and a t-shirt probably with my hair just plastered down to my head into a reasonable facsimile of a, a decent haircut just trying his darndest to sing a very very complicated song but from that point on I was a performer I was in church plays and singing in front of the church and school plays and town productions talent shows I performed every opportunity that grandma and grandpa and I could find for me to perform and my junior and senior year I took vocal solos to the local district and state competition and was uh, earned my way to an honor medal uh, which is a one it's the best you can do in both my junior and senior years so while Mr. Hart had a great influence on me my music teachers definitely had influences on me as well when I was growing up and I want to talk about both of them today uh, Mrs. Allison Eric my choir director and Mrs. Martha Montgomery my band director and they were both at Brookfield High School for over 20 years uh, Martha maybe a little longer because she came out of retirement to help the district out once and they are both legends and their time with me uh, definitely helped me I do call them both Allison and Martha which is kind of weird because I can't call Mr. Hart anything but Mr. Hart and psychologically I probably could have somebody could have a field day figuring that out why I can't but Allison and Martha both uh, I've, I've gotten to have several conversations with them as adults maybe that's part of it because I don't really get to see Mr. Hart all that often so let's talk about Allison Eric um, from Mrs. Eric I learned that if I could put in the work and I could prepare myself correctly I could succeed um, I went into her class as a junior into the general choir. Now, at that time in Brookfield, you had the pop choir, which is an audition-based choir, and then you just had the high school chorus, which anyone could take just to get your, your fine arts credit out of the way. And within a month of my junior year, Allison drafted me into the pop choir without an audition. And that confidence boost was huge. If she hadn't built me up over the course of those two years, I probably would have been in more of a shell than I was during my time in high school, uh, for even longer. But from Martha, I learned another lesson. You see, um, my junior and senior year of high school, once choir started to go really well, I was a rebellious, snarky, disrespectful, rude, and ignorant little jerk to her. I was so sure that I didn't need the band and to be a part of her team or program anymore, that I was very full of myself and I wasn't dedicated in any way, shape, or form. Now, as an adult, I realized this. And when I moved back to the area, I actually waddled my way out to the old band room and she was still teaching and I apologized and she accepted it. And we mended fences that I felt needed to be mended uh, for a long time. And she showed me acceptance. She showed me forgiveness. And these are things that I really, really needed. So thank you to both of them. And it's a lesson for us as educators, too, because sometimes that work that we put in on a student might not pay off for 15 years, but it can pay off. And we need to remember that.
So, I am a very habitual rule follower. I'm not by no means perfect, but if there's no real good reason to break a rule, I tend to stay within my boundaries. So, one day, as a young Dustin, a sophomore in high school, I was tired, and I fell asleep in my geometry class, and it was taught by the great Mr. Barrett Jones. Mr. Jones, God love him to this day, is a genius, but when he talks, he sounds like Forrest Gump, but he was a phenomenal teacher. Now, I'm going to admit, I had a terrible attitude about math starting elementary school. See, I was always a smart kid, but that label of being smart made me unwilling to work when things got difficult, because heaven forbid, I was ever not going to be a smart kid. Those of you who've done any educational reading in the last decade have probably read Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, and I definitely had a fixed mindset about my ability to learn. I decided that if math wasn't working out for me, that it just wasn't my thing, and that's all right. I'd be good at other things, so I gave up. Didn't put any effort in. If I didn't grok it right away, then I moved on. So in my sophomore year, Mr. Jones' second-hour geometry class, and Mr. Jones talked in a very deep and measured tone, and he would equate any question a student asked in his class to the equation 2x equals 10. He literally would just say, well, it's as easy as 2x equals 10 if you think about it. But man, Mr. Jones was a dedicated, dedicated teacher. He would come in early and stay as late as he needed to to tutor any kid who was struggling. And that dedication to students inspired me today. I tend to arrive at the building at 7.15, even though we don't have to be in the building till 7.35. Heck, 7.15's late for me, to be completely honest with you. And I will happily stay and meet kids and answer emails nearly 24 hours a day, just trying to make sure my students are good to go. So I hope that I can be as dedicated as Mr. Jones uh, for my entire career. Now on a tangent, I need to shout out Coach Sebra. Sev was the head girls basketball coach at Brookfield, took him to a Final Four. He was also on the staff at Brookfield that took a boys team to the Final Four. So there are two pictures of basketball teams up on the wall at Brookfield, and Sev's in both. And he was my Algebra One teacher my freshman year. Now, that is the only math class I have ever gotten an A in. And the only reason I got it is because Sev would not let me be lazy. His class was split up. We had half the class before lunch and half the class after lunch, which I am grateful that I don't have to deal with in my teaching career. So Sev every day would grade the previous homework as a group, teach the new lesson, then we'd go to lunch, and then we'd come back and you got to work. And he wouldn't let me be lazy. He knew I could do the work, and I did it. He learned that I like to play games, so he motivated me by allowing me to play chess against him if I got done with my work and it was right. I couldn't just slop through it. I had to do it right. And I got an A in that class. I've never had that pleasure in a math class again, even as an adult going back in college. Now, 
I've gotten to learn more from Sue because he has come out of retirement and is the head varsity basketball coach for both the boys and girls here at Marceline High School. And I am the head middle school boys basketball coach. And I have learned so much from Coach Sella about a sport that I love because he he knows I'm not an athlete and heaven knows anyone that can see me knows I'm not an athlete. But by God, he has helped me. And it's my willingness to be coached and my willingness to ask questions and put in the work that has helped me to be a better coach. And I hope that my students and my players understand that I'm trying to pass this along to them to help them in their lives as well. to do it for another episode of the non-traditional teachers podcast want to apologize for not putting up a more proper poll with the other episodes i've published so far i am still learning the system here on anchor and on spotify i do have a question up this time i'm very sure of it the other thing is i've asked you to uh comment on each individual episode of the podcast turns out here on spotify we can't get that done But I do believe that when you rate the podcast, you can leave a comment on that. So please do that. Um, if If you are enjoying what you are seeing, I just encourage you to rate the podcast, share it via your social medias with folks. Uh, you know, say nice things if you would like. If you would like to be a part of the show, you may email me at promoter.mcw at gmail.com. And in the future, we will have a mailbag episode probably here in the closing sections. Again, you can shoot me an email with comments or with ideas or questions at promoter.mcw at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Dustin Watson, and we'll see you next week.